Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for sharing our podcast. Hope you had an awesome weekend. Can't wait to get to John Haller and talk about how events are accelerating rapidly. More Things are intensifying. Uh, so much to talk about in just a few minutes. But let's open up in prayer. God, thank you so much for another day for waking us up. Everyone that can hear this podcast that's a believer in Christ, you have a purpose for us, and you have a mission. And I pray that we would be sensitive to your Holy Spirit today in all that you lead us to say and do. God, you chose us to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And I ask in Jesus' name that we would be faithful to our specific um, outreach in our sphere of influence where we're at. Lord, thank you so much for calling us to serve you, for entrusting us with your word and the gospel. We love you. We thank you that we know the truth. We thank you that we have the victory. And we praise you, O God, that it's one day at a time and you are sovereign over all things and all events. Prepare and encourage the hearts of people that are listening right now as we talk about some things that are maybe surprising, maybe disappointing, but hopefully not overwhelming. And uh, help us get a greater glimpse of that biblical worldview in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, let me, um, before I bring in John Haller, our guest today, um, I was at a prophecy conference over the weekend in Appleton, Wisconsin. So many great speakers there, and it was wonderful. We had a table set up for Stand Up For The Truth, and it was just, the response was overwhelming. A great crowd. I don't want to call it a crowd. Um, Fellowship of Believers. Uh, It was just really, really, everything was well done and organized, and the speakers and, and pastors were great. The messages were encouraging and powerful, challenging, informative. And I just want to say thank you to everybody to stop by the Stand Up For The Truth table. I had some of my books there, and uh, my goodness, um, a, a lot of people bought my book. And so I'm thankful for your helping get the word out about canceling Christianity. Um, I continue to be censored and, and flagged and, and all that on big tech, particularly Facebook, where we're shadow banned and D monetized. But um, so it went very well. Great conference. And a lot of you saw my post over the weekend about my health uh, update. I'm just going to go back to the doctor Wednesday. Um, I've got what apparently I'm in the group of long haulers for with COVID people that have had COVID. And then months later, they're still having certain issues or symptoms. Well, I guess I'm in that camp. Um, So I'm getting some help and treatment for my lungs. Uh, so I could continue to use your prayers. I've been back at work for at least three weeks, and uh, people assume, hey, he's back at work. He's back to 100%. Well, not quite. By the end of the day, uh, my voice often sounds like an elderly gentleman in a nursing home who is about 90 and, and has uh, lung issues. So um, so continue to, to pray in that way. Thank you f- so much for that as well. Um, so we're going to talk to John Haller right now. He did another really informative prophecy update on his YouTube channel from his church, which is Fellowship Bible Chapel in Ohio, where he is a pastor, elder, and teacher. And, of course, his background as a trial lawyer. We're going to talk to him about religious freedom issues and these vaccine mandates that the O'Biden totalitarian administration are enforcing. And, by the way, you can get his prophecy updates on his YouTube channel, and uh, John Haller, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast, brother. Good to be with you, David. We appreciate your work and all that you put into these. And I would just like to open this up by reading what you wrote or posted on your yesterday's Prophecy Update. Quote, if you've ever ridden a roller coaster, you know the feeling of being in the front row, looking down at the world below as the car pauses, moves slowly forward, and then suddenly accelerates forward. That, it seems, is where we are now. We have crossed over the precipice and are heading deep into the belly of the beast. Everything going by is a blur, and if we allow it, the resulting fear will grab us and drag us along with it. Yet, we know God is in control, 
and that rapid descent into a perceived end actually leads to the beginning of our eternity in the presence of God himself. So strap in, hold on. It will be a rough ride for a time, but we will emerge victorious and in the presence of our Savior, end quote. John Haller, that is a phenomenal description of kind of what we're going through now and great encouragement. And just please elaborate on that as we kind of start getting into today's topics. Well, first, I need to give credit to my sound guy, who actually was the one who wrote that. (laughs) So he he deserves credit for that. Okay, But he sort of is like, and, and I know you don't would normally expect a sound and video guy to be able to write something like that, but uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But but I think this is this is what I talk about quite a bit, and it is very much like that. I'll, I'll also make reference to a quote out of a Hemingway book. Not that I consider Hemingway to be scripture or anything like that, but there was I think it's the sun also rises. Two characters are talking, and one says to the other, "Well, how did you go bankrupt?" And he said, well, two ways, uh, gradually, then suddenly. Ah, and I think that I think that's also that relates to sort of this acceleration thing that we see happening in Bible prophecy. So we, we have the convergence of all these different things. And all these things have been around for a while. We had the rebirth of the state of Israel in 1948. We had the recapture of the city of Jerusalem in 1967. We've had the alignment of the nations going on for 100 years now since the end of World War One. Because a lot of the modern alignment of nations in the Middle East, these were not nations 100 years ago. Now they are. And that was because people in the West thought we, uh, the people that were leading the West at the time, thought that we could divide up the Middle East in a way that uh, even the Middle Easterners could not do. But it also ignored the very tribal nature of uh, those societies. And and that's that's why there's incredible tension within these countries and all that stuff is sort of coming to the surface right now. And so it's part of this acceleration and convergence. All the stuff has been floating around there. Hmm. Now it's coming into pretty stark focus. And I, I did a talk in Canada. Well, not in Canada. It was virtually in Canada <laughs> uh, at last day's Bible conference back in April. And I prepared it and I came up with sort of a, a grid. I may have talked about this before. And I used the acronym ACLU, Acceleration Convergence logistics there's a lot of things that we talk about with bible prophecy that need to like this great city whatever it is this babylon and these great companies and mighty armies that come there's logistics you know you have to have a great army you know how does that come about and what does the bible mean when it talks about great army and then understanding because we have this passage of daniel these number of verses of daniel that talk about at the time of the end there will be um men who will, the, the wise will understand and instruct the many. So it, it, it appears that we're going to have better understanding the closer we get. I often liken mm. it to the eye chart at my doctor's office. I'm nearsighted. So when he tells me to take off my glasses, I get the E just because I memorized that from the prior <laughs> visits. But even nearsighted, without my glasses, as I walk closer to the eye chart, everything comes in focus and I can, I can read everything. So I think this is how this is going to happen with the ultimate fulfillment of Bible prophecy. We're going to see bits and pieces of this come together, come together more quickly. And I just think the last year and a half have been a, uh, a good study, a good example of how that's going to come about. I mean, who, who among us really called 2020 and 2021? Oh, nobody. nobody I know. Um, so we have to be humble enough to admit that, but that, uh, boy, look at what's going on. It's yes. just, uh, so the last two weeks, I, you know, a week ago, I just titled my update deliberate because I think what we're seeing is not incompetence. It's deliberate. Exactly. And and that includes Afghanistan. Well, we can, yeah, we can talk a lot about Afghanistan, but let's, let's start with that because I think that that sort of brings a lot of these things into focus. And I do think that uh, in terms of the alignment of nations and things that will happen in the end, I do think that this alignment of the Islamic nations is a, is a big deal. So the U.S. has spent trillions of dollars in Iraq and Afghanistan t- trying to interrupt that. And we have been spectacularly unsuccessful in everything that we've done over there. We have spent 
a lot, not only money, but a, the precious lives of people who are committed to preserving I, American ideals. The, as one commentator I see says, the uh, sons and daughters of the deplorables hmm. are used to defend this American ideal, but the people in charge, they don't really care about these sons and daughters. They're just cannon fodder. And this is the, this is the world that we live in. But you can, and, and I've heard a lot of people, I, I heard Michelle Bachman, my friend Michelle Bachman saying this the other day, I hear it everywhere that I turn. You, it is a huge mistake to describe what the Biden administration is doing as incompetence. Everything that they have done is deliberate. That's right. They have deliberately folded up the United States influence, and they have done it in a way that is so spectacularly evil, the way they have done this, the way they have abandoned people, the way they have uh, left Americans there, the way they have closed this down, the way they have turned uh, Afghanistan into what only could be described now as a terrorist super state. Don't, you know, we, yep. we always make these, well, you know, uh, you, you have to talk about Islam. You can't say anything bad about it. You, uh, and certainly, you know, the Taliban is not the same as Al Qaeda is not the same as ISIS. Listen, they're all just, you know, feathers on the same bird or wings on the same bird. They are, terrorist and we have now created a terrorist super state in the middle east and, and you can only describe this as deliberate mm -hmm. the other uh, person i would highly recommend people listen to is laura logan uh she's on fox nation and she has a show called laura logan has no agenda but she's very free with her time and does a lot of interviews uh on many many different channels she's a brilliant journalist she spent uh, much of her life in Afghanistan, she knows the people. And the component that she always says is everybody's forgetting about Pakistan. Pakistan is a nuclear Islamic state. It is where the Al-Qaeda leadership was living. Uh, that and Qatar, where we have a base, Qatar is playing both sides of this. Qatar is a supporter of the Muslim Brotherhood, Al Jazeera Network, so the Taliban leadership was in Pakistan and Qatar. Now all of a sudden they're back. And some of these are old Al-Qaeda guys. Four of the five guys, or maybe five, four of the five guys that I know that are involved in the Taliban leadership that was announced last week are uh, were former residents at Gitmo, uh, at Guantanamo, at the base there. They were held there for terrorism charges. And they were released in exchange for a traitor, for Bo Bergdahl, who had gone, well, maybe traitors to a strong award, at least someone who had deserted his post in Afghanistan and was captured. Yeah. So they traded five guys, the Obama administration for this Bo Bergdahl guy. And now four, at least four of them are involved in the Taliban leadership in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. So this distinction that we want to make between Al Qaeda and ISIS and Taliban is just nonsense. And here we have our, our government is capitulating to them. Yeah. Even last week, there were six airplanes of Americans and evacuees that were having trouble leaving. Uh, you mark my words, you're going to see massive amounts of dollars transferred to the Taliban to help them out under the guise of humanitarianism, being humanitarian at this time and the collapse of, new of the old government and the new government in Afghanistan. This is, I mean, I, I, um, Another person I would recommend you follow is a guy named Sam Faddis, a former CIA guy and attorney at uh, And Magazine, andmagazine.com. And he was writing, I mean, I saw the videos. I, I can't post them or use them in my update because my video would be blocked. But the Taliban going through villages in, in Afghanistan and pulling out every man and male over the age of 12. Hmm. And the younger ones are taken away because I think they think they could train them. The others are shot in the street dead. And I, you can see the pictures. The images are just horrific. So we do not yet know the scope of the evil of what the Taliban is doing. We have a historical evidence of what they've done in the past. But somehow 
our government, there's this narrative thing that builds up that, oh, we did a great job. Everything is great. Um, oh, they took a victory lap. It, yeah. I mean, you know, they're spiking the ball. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, it's almost hard for me to describe. And it's also hard for me sometimes to talk about without getting extremely anger, mm -hmm. angry. And I think this is part of the plan, though, is to make us angry so that we do something because that further supports their other narrative that all of us that opposed the Biden regime are somehow uh, terrorists just waiting to explode. You know, Ex and this is the narrative that's been yes. going on since January. Yeah. Can we veer off just for a, a few minutes sure. and talk about that? You mentioned uh, making us angry. Well, there's an AOL headline uh, today, this morning. It says Trump supporters try to rewrite history of January 6th riot. And it, it's, it's titled Capital Rally Seeks to Rewrite January 6th by Exalting Rioters. And it says allies of former President Donald Trump are calling those who charged in the Capitol riot political prisoners a stunning effort to revise the narrative of that deadly day. The brazen rhetoric ahead of a rally planned for Saturday at the Capitol is the latest attempt to explain away the horrific assault and obscure what played out for all the world to see. Rioters loyal to then-President Trump storming the building, battling police, and trying to stop Congress, Congress from certifying the election of Democrat Joe Biden. And it goes on. But so this is fascinating. You talk a lot about narratives, John, and they are now framing this as, okay, the Trump supporters are trying to rewrite the narrative. Well, it was a false narrative to begin with. Go ahead. We've got three minutes left in this segment. Well, that's interesting because it was just a week or two ago that Reuters or Associated Press, I think it was Reuters, came out with this report, which was actually an accurate report, saying that the entire narrative that the Democrats have built around January 6th is collapsing. Huh. They've not charged anybody with insurrection. They and, and, and so as this narrative collapses, though, so you need to understand when the when they start to have trouble with their narrative, they're going to they're going to get their uh, propagandists. I mean, it's like it's like they took 1984 and turned it into a user manual <laughs> about disinformation. And so as the narrative about January 6th classes and look, there were things done there. Let's just stay up front. There were yeah. things done there that shouldn't have been done. But, you know, if you talk to a lot of people in, in the country today, they will think that. Uh, five police officers were killed by the people in the riot. That's just totally, there's not a shred of truth to that. Yep. These people have been kept in solitary confinement. Uh, the guy that wore the big horns, he recently pled guilty, but his lawyer said he was having mental trouble because of the conditions under which he was imprisoned. I mean, wow. conditions that we don't put murderers under. Yep. Solitary confinement. They say that... There's an article today in the New York Times that all this stuff that happened in Afghanistan is because of uh, harsh questioning techniques, yet we're doing it to our own people, our own citizens who have rights under our Constitution. So as that narrative collapses, they're going to shift focus. Yeah. They're going to go back, just like this article says. We're going to, it's, they're trying to rewrite the narrative. Yep. Or the Congress will send out these subpoenas to all these tech companies for personal private phone records of other members of Congress. What is going, how is this happening yep. in America? Yeah. See, now they made me angry again. And now they <laughs> say, see, look, that guy's angry. He's ready to blow. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating how they, they try to stir the pot and then point to you. If you resist the, what, what they're saying, but it's fascinating, John, because, um, they, I don't see uh, Biden supporters or, or Obama supporters or, or Democrats being treated that way if they were arrested or if they were accused of something. They wouldn't be put in solitary. They wouldn't. There would there'd be headlines all over the place. These people are innocent until proven guilty, but it doesn't work both ways. It's This is one-way tolerance. We've got to take a break, but when we come back, you sent me a little note. I think we want to talk about the how the Great Reset might lead to the Great Migration, and this is going to take us back to Afghanistan also, what you saw in the New York Times, that article, and concerns about the supply chain in America. 
Also, one of the most common emails and calls we're getting these days is about people fearing losing their jobs because of vaccine mandates. So much to talk about with John Haller when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. John Haller is with us. And just before, during our break, uh, he was sharing um, that uh, there was a doctor that did an article on um, natural immunity. And apparently it's been scrubbed uh, by the fact checkers and by the the tyrants. But we're going to talk about that now because one of the most common emails, we get a lot of emails saying, hey, I I finally had to give in. I, I had to take the vaccine. Otherwise, I would have lost my job or my husband is in danger of losing his job or they will not accept our religious exemption anymore or I'm being forced by my company. It's policy now, corporate policy to get vaccinated. So this article, you mentioned Lara Logan in the first segment, John. Lara Logan accuses Biden administration of hiding evidence of COVID-19 vaccine side effects. Now, friends, please email me if you have any source in the mainstream media or the uh, uh, communist Marxist channels of CNN and MSNBC, if they have done any reports on negative effects of people getting uh, the vaccine and then having heart problems, lung problems, all these other things that are documented, VAERS, the, the website that you know you can get adverse reactions and find out information and numbers, which is very low. It's a low ball. But people aren't talking about that in the media. That's not part of the narrative. John, you mentioned narrative. And before I let you respond to this, uh, there's a list that's compiled. People also ask me for Christian attorneys to represent them because this is a religious freedom issue. So we we just want to point out Liberty Council, Liberty Institute, Pacific Justice Institute, Advocates for Faith and Freedom, Alliance Defending Freedom, National Legal Foundation, Thomas More Law Center, Thomas More Society, Christian Legal Society, American Center for Law and Justice, Center for Law and Religious Freedom, Christian Attorneys of America, Christian Law Association, National Association of Christian Lawmakers, and Pacific Legal Foundation. John, wherever you want to go to help people out here. I think they're, I don't know if you mentioned the Rutherford Institute as well. No. Uh, And the one that I'm most familiar with, I've been on some conference calls with them, has been Liberty Council, Matt Staver. Yes. I think they're based out of Orlando. Yep. And they've been very helpful with people that are working to get religious exemptions. But, I mean, this is, and I think uh, Liberty Council will tell you that the the way that it's now being couched is that the religious exemptions are being examined with a uh, electron microscope as to whether this is really part of uh, your your claim of religious exemption is a part of a re- uh, uh, seriously held religious beliefs uh that's not the test the test is see the law they're they're flipping the law upside down because the law is congress shall make no law Hmm. regarding the practice of religion and so there's there shouldn't be a test as to the sincere sincerely held religious beliefs that's the test that they're using and i don't really think that that's what the law is so this is being litigated i was just notified by a friend in California that uh, there are lawsuits pending in, in the federal court in California, one filed on September 11th by, I think, eight LAPD policemen uh, because LAPD is requiring all their policemen to be vaccinated, requiring all of their uh, firemen to be vaccinated. So listen, if you if, if this is going to be successful, I will only say this, and I, I will be clearly uh, labeled as an extremist with this. The only way at this point that these, this will change is mass resistance. Mm. Uh, there hasn't been enough, will help, yep. but, but, you, but you have to make the hospital fire half their nurses, mm. make the airline fire a third of their airline pilots, pilots in the midst of a, a travel crunch in the midst of a pandemic, make them get rid of doctors and nurses in the midst of a crime wave, make them get rid of policemen, make it politically uncomfortable for them to do these things. That's at this point, I think that's the only way to really resist it. And look, I'm, I'm sort of 
in that transitioning to, to retirement. So this is not a huge issue in my life, but I get contacted like you do all the time. Where do I go? What do I yep. do? What do I do? Yep. So I talked to some people uh, and I don't know if they're associated with the lawsuit or not. And I told them, you know, you got to file a lawsuit, get in touch with Liberty Council. Uh, so there was a lawsuit filed for LAPD policemen on uh, Saturday. And so they overwhelmed the courts. I, I don't know what else. I mean, certainly if it was something flipped and we were doing something, the right was doing something to the left, do you think they would stay away from court? Do you think they wouldn't do mass resistance? Of course. Uh, so, you know, I guess the tactics that they use are fine. We live in a free country, I think, the last time I checked. Uh, although that's in question every day. So <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, so I think you need to contact these organizations. I look, I'm seeing, I, I got somebody like, I work in a healthcare system. Two of my friends filed a uh, religious exemption and was granted. I filed the same one and they denied it. Wow. So I know it's, huh. it's nothing, nothing makes sense anymore. I no. think that's the best way that I can say this. It's, it's so it's such a bizarre world. I get contacted by, by people all the time. What is the truth? Where is the truth? What's what's the truth going on? The article you mentioned while we were talking over the break by Laura Logan about. Well, that's interesting. It just sounds like something went out there. John, um, something happened to your cell phone. Talk to me if you can hear me, but we cannot hear you. So are you there, John? If if you can hear me, hear me. yes, let me quote okay. from that article. You referred that article. I don't know what happened with the phone, but I know you're back on. Let me. Well, the article that we talked about at the break with Laura Logan. Yes. Uh, where he was talking about the uh, side effects being hidden. Yeah. I mean, you see this. There, there was. I just read an article this morning by a doctor. He wrote a thing about uh, the immunity that you have if you've had COVID and recovered like you. Your immunity. There's an Israeli study that says. It's 20 to 34 times greater than anybody who's been double or triple vaccinated. Um, you have better, um, your natural immunity is better. There are people that write articles about building up your immune system, taking zinc and quercetin and vitamin uh, D3 and some of these things, getting your vitamin D levels up. These articles are routinely scrubbed. The doctor who wrote about his natural immunity, his article was trending like in the like top five articles on Twitter and some social media platforms, he gets up the next day and you can't even find it. Wow. It's completely disappeared. Well, that's scary. Uh, and this is the thing that's, I mean, you there, I see people cite CDC studies and CDC reports in things that they might write on Facebook or social media platform. And it's gone pretty quickly. They're citing the CDC. This yeah. There's this control of the narrative that's just, um, I, it's, it's shocking. As I said, 1984 is a horror no novel. It's not a user manual. Yeah. This is, uh, this is, um, this is a combination of technocracy and, uh, and communist policy, what we're seeing played out and implemented in America. But John, I want you to respond to this quote from that article by Lara Logan. She said in Israel, where more than 80% of adults are vaccinated, COVID cases are spiking Israel now has one of the world's highest daily infection rates. So what explains that? And then she continues, in his remarks to the nation, Joe Biden didn't mention that. Instead, he put OSHA, the same agency that's been hiding evidence of vaccine side effects, in charge of forcing millions of Americans to take the COVID vaccine. John, go ahead. Listen, the, the Biden mandates they're going to force through OSHA uh, they're using a, a statute uh, from 1951 uh, you know what's that 70 50 or 60 years 50 60 70 years ago they're going to try to force the authority to do this even Al Dershowitz came down and says well they might be able to put that in but they have no ability to enforce it because that has to come from Congress the, the executive branch in our system of government is not a legislative body. And it's about time we got back to what the Constitution says. But this is what the Biden administration has been doing all along. It happened under the Obama administration. 
they're making stuff up. And so there, this has to be litigated. It's going to have yeah. to go through the courts. I don't think that there's going to be a quick solution to it. And I, I'm troubled by all the people that think are going to lose their jobs in this whole scenario. But, you know, in the midst of a labor shortage, make them fire you. And I think you need to almost do that to get your potential unemployment benefits, which hey, there's nothing wrong with unemployment benefits, I think, under this. Although they're going to say, well, you're, you shouldn't get it because you're not vaccinated. You won't be able to get your unemployment benefits. It's such a bizarre situation. And Israel is a, a case study. They're heavily vaccinated, one of the most in the, in the world. Yes. Yet they're having a spike. And, and look, there's going to be a narrative. It's the unvaccinated. So Orthodox Jews have been returning. There are about 25,000 of them in Israel went to a uh, a place in Ukraine to pray at the tomb of one of their leaders, so some of the ultra-Orthodox. And they've come back, and they're now saying, at the press in Israel this morning is, is there going to be a spike in COVID because of these people who are largely unvaccinated, and they're lying about their vaccination status when they return and that sort of thing it's but part of this too is to divide people and i see tremendous division over this in the church there was a sacramento pastor who i i don't know if he said you know that get vaccinated if you want don't get vaccinated if you don't want and it it like blew up on his facebook page and the fighting that was going on among christians over this so on the one side you know you don't you don't have faith if you get vaccinated and the other ones you're being a bad Christian if you don't get vaccinated. And part of this is to divide people and to create this turmoil. I think this is deliberate. So we got to be very careful about not playing their game. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we almost have to by force, but you're right. We can resist, but we're talking about, it would be great if groups of people would just resist and get fired, but individuals who make up our audience, make up churches in America, make up the citizens in our country, uh, they each have to make that decision for their own family. And I, it's hard. I am not forced by my employer. Thankfully, I have a Christian employer to take the mandate. I, so I cannot really sympathize with someone who's working in the corporate world or someone whose boss just sent a memo saying, all right, by this date, all employees must be vaccinated. But Lara Logan also said Joe Biden didn't even bother to ask Congress he said the new mandate is justified because COVID is an emergency. So, John, since the Obama administration, a lot of people, I think, correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, I perceive that a lot of people are looking at the executive order as legislation when it is not. And though Biden, Biden now, when he puts out an executive order, it's not law. It's not legislation to not pass through Congress. But people are acting as if the president now, the executive branch, can make law. Is that an, an accurate, uh, uh, you know, summation of that? Yeah, it, it's it's probably yeah. That's that's a, I think that's a good start. I mean, look, uh, what's happened is the the legislative branch. I'm sorry, the executive branch has always had rulemaking authority under the authority given it to it by Congress. But I think Congress has absolved itself of of doing the hard uh, things and legislating things in the details. And they say, well, we'll just give it to the executive branch because then the congressional people can say, well, I, I can't believe the executive branch overreached like that under the rulemaking authority that we gave them. They shouldn't have done that. And so it, it's really kind of a, a breakdown in our system. I mean, we see things with, uh, for example, the pipeline. Uh, Trump came in and undid the Obama executive orders about the pipeline, the, uh, the Keystone pipeline. Yep. And then, you know, there were like 53 of these things issued the day that, Ob uh, that Biden was sworn in. Clearly somebody had these things all prepared. Yes. You can't tell me that Joe, Joe Obama there did it on his own. <laughs> so, so somebody, somebody had this prepared. This is a deliberate thing. And so they they shut down the pipeline again, putting a, like twelve thousand people out of work. Yeah, almost immediately by the stroke of a yet pen. They grant Russia the authority to finish the Nord Stream two thing, so Russia can make money. Who is it that's working to benefit Russia? 
And Nord Stream 2 was just completed late last week. So that will, you know, increase the revenue from gas sales that Russia will be getting. So so who's benefiting these guys? Um, it's, it's so bizarre. So I would highly recommend that people find Laura Logan and follow her. She's doing yep. excellent work. And one final quote from Joe Biden. And, and this is some of this is just chilling if you're paying attention. And, and if you actually ask a question, what does he mean by that? And how do they plan on implementing this? He said, we're going to protect vaccinated workers from unvaccinated workers. Uh, what does he mean by that? Uh, how are uh, you going to protect? You have to separate people. You have to divide people. And John, you have something very fascinating in your current prophecy update about COVID camps. And a lot of people before last year would have said, that's nuts. That'll never happen in America. But we only have three minutes left in this segment. Just go wherever you'd like to based on what Biden said and the possibility of COVID camps. Well, so what Biden has said, um, or whoever is propping him up to speak through him, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, this speech that he gave last week was one of the most stunning overreaches yes. I've ever seen come out of the White House. I mean, this yes. thing that if you're a Republican governor that opposes me, uh, I'm coming after you. We're going, I think he might even say, we're going to take you out or something like that. You even see things like Larry Elder, who I met many years ago, a great guy running in California, front page of the New York Times today. What are they doing? They're setting up the narrative that Larry Elder is going to lose and he's going to claim election fraud. And he has a team set up to do that, as if the Democrats in every election don't have lawyers that they're ready to go to make the same claim. Uh, so this is, again, this is all part of this building the narrative. You've got to understand we are in this massive period of propaganda. I can't think the other thing was that you asked me about oh, the, the COVID camps. Look, these are being set up. They started, there was an announcement about an uh, RFP request for proposal in Canada. The Canadian government denied it. They moved to quarantine hotels in mm-hmm. Australia, which has gone back to a, uh, a, a penal colony, I guess, they, the roots of a, a penal colony. They're setting up COVID quarantine camps. So you can see this in Queensland, up near Brisbane, a place they're actually doing at an airport called WellCamp. Interesting name there. <laughs> they're setting up a thousand bed quarantine camp to wow. protect the safety of everyone because we want everyone to be safe. And yes. so this is part of the narrative. And they're doing it. And they have these, I don't know how else to describe them as lunatic psychopaths premieres in some of the states of uh, like New South Wales and Victoria in um, in Australia. It's it's just shocking what's going on. The lockdowns and the one guy saying, uh, Daniel Andrews, I think this is Dave, we're, we've, we've now done the lockdown and now we're doing the great lockout. You know, because if you don't have your vaccine passport, you're not going to be able to buy or sell or participate. Mm. Well, we're with John Haller today and um, so much to talk about when we come back. We will get back to Afghanistan because you talked about something called the Great Migration. Also, I want to hear your thoughts on that article. God has no place in Supreme Court opinions. That is fascinating because uh, Jerry Nadler last year says uh, this Congress will not recognize the will of God or the will of God has nothing to do with this Congress. Fascinating times we're living in. More with John Haller in just a minute on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Our guest is John Haller. He's got weekly uh, prophecy updates. He's the pastor at Fellowship Bible Chapel in Ohio, Columbus. And we've got many friends in that area, Linda Harvey, Mission America, and others. But John, let's dive right in because we're really running short on time here. Let's talk about what you said, something about the Great Reset leading to the, quote, Great Migration. Explain what that is all about. Yeah, there's a guy named Parag Khanna, and I got this from uh, a guy named Joe Allen. Uh, I think his Twitter handle is JoeBotXYZ. Uh, He talks a lot about transhumanism, like Patrick Wood does, the technocracy and that type of thing. And he made, I just, he mentioned something the other day. And so I looked it up. 
And there's this guy named Parag Khan, and he has a book coming out in about two, three weeks called Move, The Forces Uprooting Us. And he's part of this World Economic Forum thing, and his focus is on travel. And so he did an interview with a website that's called Skip, S-K-I-F-T, and they're having a global forum on travel, and he's going to be one of the featured speakers. So here's what he said in his article. We've, in the interview, we've gone from the great lockdown to the great reset, and soon we'll have the great migration. Now, that's interesting, particularly when you layer it on top of what's going on at our southern border, what's actually coming back to Europe with this massive immigration, and now we have brought... uh, I don't know what the number is. It, it, listen, it's going to be two and a half million Afghans when all said and done that are being brought into this country, largely unvetted. And people who had special immigration visas and Christians in Afghanistan, Glenn Beck said we had people, the only people opposing us were the State Department and the White House. They actually had planes of evacuees in the air that were made to turn around and go back to Afghanistan mm-hmm to be replaced with others. What they're, because listen, we can't have Christians come in because they might vote Republican, but these others are likely to vote with us. This is all part of what Trevor Loudon and others call the, the red green Alliance. Mm, yes. The, the leftist yep. and the Islamic Alliance. And so, um, so then, so this Prague has talked about, we're going to have this great migration and this is what we're having. We're having, And so they bring 160,000 Afghans in under an emergency basis. They're not – there was a question asked by Peter Ducey of Jen – I call her Jen Zuckerberger (laughs) – or misinformation. Misinformation. Misinformation at the the White House. And said, do these uh, Afghan refugees have to be vaccinated? And she goes, that's correct. And he asked her a a more detailed question. She said, yep, they don't have to be. But – before that, she said, we want to make sure that everybody gets vaccinated and everybody is safe and everything. Well, goes, well, what about the refugees exactly. at the southern border? And she says, she won't answer the question, but she just says, yeah, we don't require them to be vaccinated. It's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. So they're trying to, this migration thing that we saw what happened in 2015, 2016, that's happening at a, like two or three times that amount in the U.S. Mm-hmm. under the O'Biden regime. Yeah. This is going to change, and they're and they're not sending them to California, sending them to Tennessee, Texas, largely red states. I think you got a bunch up there in Wisconsin. Yep, just read something about that last week. So, um, so, but this is part of this narrative, and so then we see things like this editorial in the New York Times yesterday by Linda Greenhouse uh, talking about the the Texas abortion law, which I think is very clever. They they've really been uh, they've been working at this very hard, and they've had to be creative. And the complaint is, I saw one left-wing blog saying, well, they're doing the things that we do. You know, how, how unfair is that? You know, <laughs> to, to get this Texas ab- abortion law enacted, but the title of this thing is God Has No Place on the Supreme Court. They're becoming very openly brazen about this. So, you know, Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett and uh, others on the court that might be Roman Catholic. Well, they can't be letting religion influence them in any way. Yet there's a religion of the left that they have that they force on everybody. Oh, yeah. They shut down everybody's throat. And their religion is worse because in their religion, there is no possibility of redemption, no matter what you do. It's works-based. Yes. You never get to where you're redeemed. Exactly. That's what's glorious about the gospel of Jesus Christ is our works are not what save us. It's the work of Jesus Christ. Yep. But they're becoming openly racist. Joy Reid on MSNBC, she will tweet out that, you know, these, and Frankie Schaefer, Francis Schaefer's son will get on there and say, these, this is the Taliban. We have our American Taliban. So this all builds, you see how this all builds back into this narrative that uh, we're the extremists, that type of thing. So all these all these things that Homeland Security has done over the years that applied to Islamic terrorism in sometime this summer, in June, all of that was 
flip to apply to people that might have been protesting or supported protests about the election in January. So it's it's all part of a narrative, and they're now focused that I forget where I read it. Uh, the worst people that we need to focus. Oh, it was George Bush. Oh no! Speaking at the nine eleven thing on Saturday. Oh gosh! Bush forty three talking about yeah we have these extremists in our own country now that are as bad as the talent i'm paraphrasing him oh lord read a speech it's unbelievable yes and now add to that group those who refuse to take the vaccine and uh yeah we're all putting putting being put into the same group category or camp john really quick before we get on to the other article you mentioned um i've got a listener comment it's a they said the next step, don't you think unemployment benefits will only be allowed to the vaccinated? Should a lot of people end up be f- being fired from their jobs at, due to refusing the vaccine? Could they even do that? Yeah, I mean, in some states, if you're fired for cause, you don't get unemployment benefits. Wow. And so they'll oh my goodness. concoct this that you were, you, were, you were for cause. But, I mean, do they fire somebody who might be... Uh, have a heart problem who doesn't exercise. You understand what I'm saying? It's a medical treatment. Do we force people to go get a bypass? Yeah. Uh, Do we force people to go get a cancer treatment? Um, You're allowed to choose your medical treatment, and sometimes under the aspect of religious freedom. So this this is, but the listener is right. This is a concerning thing to me. Yeah. Yes. So you mentioned Israel and the temple. You want to go back to that real quick? We've got about six well, minutes left. Th- yeah, this this is part of this narrative. And I, I could be totally wrong on this. There was, a, I think, on page eight of the New York Times yesterday, there was an article in Israel, Ominous Lessons from an Ancient Past. There was a there's a 30-minute video out. It's called uh, Legend of Destruction. It's about the destruction of the temple by the Romans in uh, 70 A.D., but in uh, the, the basis of the guy who did the video, an uh, Israeli, a uh, Jewish Israeli, I think, is that we have tremendous division and we have a spiritual crisis in Israel because we have this division. We need to get everybody to be unified. Hmm. Uh, even Naftali Bennett said the demonization of the current government that is trying to end demonization. So it's Netanyahu and his supporters. And the imagery that they use in some of the pictures that they put in this article in the New York Times look like people that the angry people, the mob that was assaulting the Capitol back on January 6th. And I think there is this attempt to tie what's going on in Israel and the desire for the temple and the to, you know, to go after Netanyahu and his supporters like they're going after Trump and his supporters, that these are the people who are the existential threat to the to the government of Israel, to mm. the government of the United States. Wow. It's a very bizarre thing that the New York Times, in, in the same paper where they have God has no place in the Supreme Court, they have this big article about the destruction of the temple in 70 AD. And at the same time, by the way, they've just found the quarries where they got uh, the stone to build, they're pretty sure the stone, to build the second temple, the Herod's renovation of the second temple, that was in place at the time of Jesus. So now we have the quarry where the stones came from <laughs> that's discovered in Jerusalem. We have the desire for the temple. We have the New York Times writing about the temple and trying to build it into this narrative and how that if we if we get everything right, maybe they can rebuild their temple. There's even articles <laughs> in Commentary Magazine. The guy said, we really have the right to the Temple Mount. The Muslims say, no, we have the right to the Temple Mount. That's incredibly tenuous assertion that they made. But Osama bin Laden was saying that. And then we have the Taliban saying, we want to have relations with all of the countries of the world, except, of course, Israel, because Mm. that's the Jews. This To say that this does not fit into this end-time prophetic scenario is uh, willful ignorance at this point. I mean, I think, I don't know how quickly this all unfolds. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I've been talking about it for 20 years. Boy, it's (laughs) It's just ramping up big time. Well, that's one of the reasons your current prophecy update is named 
accelerating. And here's one thing I want to ask you, John, and get your pastor's perspective on how the church has been responding to these things, because we should not be surprised by the evil in the world. God is sovereign over all this. Man is evil. The heart of man is evil. So the events that are happening, the manufactured crises, the manipulation, the misinformation, the deception and the lies, and what's happening now around us coming from all these different um, directions, but now they're happening faster, converging more quickly and rapidly. That shouldn't surprise us. But what has been disappointing to me and I think a lot of our listeners is the lack of pushback by Christians and the church and the lack of addressing these issues by our pastors and church leaders in America. Your thoughts in the last two minutes. Certainly we need to be concerned about this, keeping the the gospel thing, the centrality of our focus, the, the Great Commission, if you will. But at the same time, we also have to understand that under these systems of tyranny that are coming in, and, you know, I, I'm often amazed at the, well, we should just obey our leaders. That's what Romans says. But the the supreme law of the land is the Constitution. So I, I do not have a problem with people to push back. I think we need to keep in focus that we have a primary mission. But the other thing that's concerning to me is that the way these tyrannical things come about, and we're in the midst of this, we're in the midst of a revolution that's happening in the, in the United States without shooting, is that uh, this can kill people, mm. okay? This, this, right. and, and, and dead people never accept the gospel. That's, that's kind of where I'm coming from. Mm. So there is a, there's a very difficult balance and a real tension here, I think, as to what we t- should do. I think that you can go too far, but you can also doing nothing is is very bad. Mm. Uh, so I think it's I think it's a very difficult thing to navigate, and I think we need to be coming together as a body of Christ in talking about these issues and hashing them out, rather than dividing over whether you're vaccinated or not vaccinated, and all this other stuff. And instead of making the vaccination status part of the faith. This is what's happening, and this is what I don't like. I think we need to keep the centrality of the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, but we also need to stand up to protect people in their lives. That is also a righteous thing to do. That's Mm. sort of how I see it. Amen. Well, thank you so much, John, for your perspective on that. We appreciate all the work and the research you do. Uh, someone's got to do it, and I'm glad it's not me. <laughs> you know so much more about these world events, and I thank you. We're God willing, we're going to have you in studio in early October. We'll work that out, and I'll let the listeners know when we uh, hammer out the details. But, John, God bless your ministry. Thank you again for coming on Stand Up For The Truth. God bless, David, and take care of yourself. All right, I will do my best. When we come back, we'll let you know who our guests are the rest of this week. And, man, we, we've been getting some heavy hitters recently, and uh, I'll give you details When we come back, keep it right here. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. All right, tomorrow from Good Fight Ministries, Chad Davidson. He works closely with Joe Schimmel out there at Good Fight, Blessed Hope Chapel, Simi Valley, California. He'll be on tomorrow, Wednesday. We are still working that out, but Thursday, Pastor Stefan Broden will be on. And Friday from Technocracy News, Patrick Wood. Thank you for listening. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.